Hallelujah. Oh, look, let's keep those hands going for Jesus. Come on. Because without Jesus, ain't none of this possible. Without Jesus, we're not standing here today. Without Jesus, we're not in right standing with the Lord. It's Jesus that makes all this possible. Joshua, thank you so much for that very warm introduction. I've always told myself, uh, you know, I remember because, you know, who remembers Dr. Alan Tennyson? Who's Dr. Alan Tennyson? Yeah, shout out to Tennyson. Shout out to the College of Church and Leadership. Uh, but, but the thing was, like, Dr. Tennyson would give these super in-depth, like, presentations. It would be like a whole classroom presentation within itself when he would announce people to come and speak. Hey, Joshua, thank you so much for stepping up and filling those shoes. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, can we just give it up for the staff and the faculty here? Yeah. Faculty here gives all their time, endless hours to invest into your future. I'm telling you, don't count it common. It's a blessing to be under those leaders and to be under those, the guidance of those individuals. So um, no, thank them once in a while. Thank them once in a while, okay? Um, lastly, I'd just love to say uh, thank you so much, preview guests, preview family. Where are you at? Are you on this side? You're over here? Come on, can we give it up for them? Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is NCU. I hope you're experiencing it well, and, um, and I hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great day as you're discerning what the Lord wants to do in your life as far as education goes. Hey, listen, I got a word for you this morning. I got a word for you this morning, um, and it's a powerful word. Um, before we jump into that word, I, I just know this is the, if you didn't know, this is actually the CMN Start Conference. This is a conference where we're just encouraging people. Um, if you're interested in church planning, you know, come talk to me. Come talk to uh, maybe Joshua. We can get you the right resources. Um, and to be a church, let me just be very clear. To be a church planter doesn't necessarily mean you need to be the pastor of the church. Every church is built not on a person, but on a people. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that again. Every church is built not on a person, but on a people. So every church needs someone in children's ministry that may not be a fully children's pastor, may not do anything, but may work in education. Every church needs a business person because the pastor can't do everything, and the pastor needs some financial advice once in a while, okay? So I'm telling you, no matter what your major is, no matter what your minor is, God has a church for you to be planted in. God has a place of community for you and mine. So if you want to talk to me about that, more than happy to, whether you're looking to like, no, I want to start a church to praise God. If you just want to be a part and like, hey, Jonathan, you were talking about how do you get a part, be a part of a church like that or be a part of a church plant, more than happy to talk with you about those things as well. As well. Amen. Okay. Uh, as I was preparing for this message, um, there's a very, very clear, very distinct um, question that kept coming up in my heart. Um, that was that, that I believe is a question that a lot of people in this room are asking today. And it's simply this. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing in my family? God, what are you doing in me? God, what are you doing in my school? God, what are you doing in my friends? God, what are you doing? That question for some is a, is a challenging one because there's a, a sense of ambiguity. God, what does my future look like? God, what does my present look like? 
God, what are you doing? I'm so glad that we're not left alone in this question, but time and time again, there's actually been multiple people in God's timeline, in God's, truly in God's plan for restoration of this, of this world and of, of humanity. God has, has had some of his people ask this very question, God, what are you doing? For Abraham, it was a, it was a call for him. He said, God, what are you doing? What do you mean you want me to leave my family? leave my father's household, leave all of my support system to go to a land that you won't tell me until I get there? God, what are you doing? For Moses, after he exiled himself because of a murder of, murder of an Egyptian, found himself stewarding sheep, and God talks to him through a burning bush. He says, God, what are you doing? You talking about that you want to send me to go help redeem a people? You want to send me? I don't know anything. All that's left there for me is losing my life. God, what are you doing? For Elijah, after probably one of the most beautiful demonstrations of God's power, fire coming down from heaven heaven into an altar, he retreats to a cave because he finds out that someone wants his life. And he says, God, it's only me. All the prophets are gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? Maybe you're here this morning as a preview guest and you're wondering, God, what are you doing in my life? Maybe you're a parent and you're wondering, God, what are you doing in my child's life? Maybe you're a student here already. You're in your junior year, senior year, and you're trying to figure out what the future looks like. God, what are you doing? Lord, I have these different passions, but it seems like these passions don't line up. God, what are you doing? Maybe you're a first-year student or you're a sophomore, right? And you're trying to figure out your whole social circle. Lord, are these the people that I want to be friends with? Maybe you're trying to figure out, Lord, what church do I get planted in? What church should I serve at? Should I even serve at a church if I'm a business major? Should I serve at a church? Should I wait for the position? God, what are you doing? God, I have conflicting ideas in my mind about my future, and I just want to do something. But, Lord, I don't know what. God, what are you doing? The answer to that question, I believe, for us this morning is found in Philippians. See, Philippians had their own kind of tension. After Paul starts that church, he leaves and he writes a couple of letters to them because he gets the report that they're not acting the way that they should. They're not being compassionate to the way that they were taught to be. They were not being uh, selfless, but they were being selfish. They were looking after their own interests, but not the interests of others. And Paul comes alongside of them through the letter and says, hey, Philippians, you're trying to figure out what you're doing. You're doing all these things that I didn't teach you. There's a couple of things that I need you to know. First, you need to remember Jesus's character. You need to remember Jesus' character. Second, you need to uh, demonstrate your faith with intentionality, with fear and reverence to the Lord, not in some way that makes us distance, but remember that the Lord is the one that's with you. Remember Jesus' character. Demonstrate your faith. And thirdly, and this is the answer to our question this morning, God, what are you doing? God is working in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power 
to do what pleases him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. The desire, the aspirations, the new thoughts, the passions. God is working in you a desire to do something that's never been done before. To go somewhere others would say, no, I can't go there. God is giving you the desire to step out of your comfortability and to step into some discomfort because he knows that it's best for you and know what is also better for someone else. It's better for a community that needs to hear the gospel. God is working in you desires. In this time of ambiguity, God is working desires. Someone say desire. Secondly, God is working power. God is equipping you with strategy. God is equipping you with a plan. The step-by-step. And we all know he ain't giving you the whole plan. Right? He ain't giving you the whole plan. Because if he were to give you the whole plan, we'd probably mess it up. Otherwise, I mean, if we had the whole plan, then where's faith? The ambiguity is actually necessary for you to trust in the Lord. God is working the desire. God is working the power. What is he doing? Working those things in you so that you can do what pleases the Lord. What is God doing, NCU students? He's working in you. Hey, NCU staff, what is God doing? In the midst of ambiguity, he's working in you. The desire and the power to do that which pleases the Lord. What is God doing? He's working in us. He's working in us. Now, the logical question is, well, what pleases the Lord? Jonathan, JT, hey, I'm all for the desire. I'm all for the power. But God, God, what are you working in me? What what is actually pleasing you? Can I tell you what? Evangelism pleases the Lord. When you go out and share your faith. Discipleship pleases the Lord. After all, he said, go out and make disciples. I'm going to say that again. He said, go out and make disciples. He don't care how. I'm just being honest. He don't care how. In your business sector, go out and make disciples. In your church, go out and make disciples. In overseas, go out and make disciples. In Saudi Arabia, go out and make disciples. In North Minneapolis, go out and make disciples. On the south side, go out and make disciples. On the east side, go out and make disciples. In the Christian higher ed, go out and make disciples. In regular education, the public sector, at 3M, go out and make disciples. A target, go out and make disciples. God's pleased with generosity. He's pleased when we give out of ourselves, our time, our talents, and particularly to people that can't give back to us. In moments where we can't reap a benefit, no, the benefit is all belongs to someone else. God loves a generous heart. God is just as concerned about your future as you are. Let that sink in. God is just as concerned about your decision for school, your decision for occupation, your decision, your decision, your decision, your choice, your choice, your choice. And believe me, these aren't the last choices that you'll make. There are some other important choices that you'll make as you continue on this journey of faith with Jesus. Jesus.
But God is just as concerned. But even if you get to the destination that God wants you to get to, if you don't allow God to work, if you don't allow God to give you the desire, if you don't allow God to give you the power to do that pleases him, you're going to be working, you're going to be doing things, making choices in vain that are not pleasing to the Lord but pleasing to yourself. Making choices that are only pleasing to the desires of your own heart, not the desires that align with, the, with, with what God wants to do in this earth. You'll be doing things in your own power. Let me just tell you, as someone, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up around the church, okay? So I grew, I grew up enough to understand what tongues was, but not enough understanding to actually speak or not be close enough to God to actually understand what's going on. I mean, I knew of the Holy Spirit, but didn't experience the Holy Spirit. That's, I grew up around church. Try to do it in your own power just don't work. It don't. Can we all stand? For Abraham, God was at work because what Abraham didn't know is that he would be known as a faithful man a friend of God, but even more so, he would be known as the father of our faith. God was working in him, the desire and power to do that which pleased the Lord. For Moses, he thought that all that time being a shepherd was going to be wasted. But God was preparing him to shepherd not sheep, but a people that might have acted like sheep at the time. But the pastor of people into God's presence, right? Take these people in, up, to mount, up to the mountain so that I can be with them. That was Moses' objective. Didn't know what was going on, but God said, do this, Moses. I'm giving you the desire and the power to do that. Please, what pleases me. As we continue forward, with, even with Elijah, he's stuck. He doesn't know what to do. He asked for God to take his life. But God says, no, Elijah, I still have work for you to do. There's a king that I need you to anoint that's going to clean up house. Get rid of every single idol. Get rid of all the high places, all these foreign gods, all these places of worship, and really bring forth one of the greatest revivals in Israel's history. And Elijah, I need you to be there for more, because I need you to anoint that king. Also, I need you to anoint another young man, Elisha, who is going to do twice as many miracles as you. So wherever you fall in the category, having ambiguity about the future, wondering how does my current circumstance work with a a future and doing things that I really don't understand. Maybe you have hesitancy of doing. Maybe it's I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are in mentorship for you. Wherever you are, God is working. God is working. What is he working? The desire, the power in you to do that which pleases the Lord. Now, I want to welcome you to come down to the altar or to find a place in the corner, find a place, one of the chairs in the room. Come on, you can start walking while I'm talking. That's perfectly fine. Come on, find a place. Find a place because we're going to take a moment to do two things. One, we're going to worship and we're going to ask God to work in us. We're going to ask God to give the clarity, to give the desire, to give the power. We're going to ask God, say, hey, God, this is my life. Have what you want. Take what you want. Give what you want. Not my will, but your will. Lord, your desire, your power, not in my own power, not in my own strength, but do whatever it is you want to do, and I will follow. We're going to worship and believe God for that, and then we're going to pray. 
We're going to pray that the Lord continues to order our steps. We're going to pray that the Lord orders, uh, gives us uh, the vision and the plan for our lives. You know what? The Lord may give you inspiration in this moment. We're going to pray and we're going to intercede. We're going to intercede for ourselves. And then we're going to intercede for our community. We're going to intercede for our school because I believe that God wants to do something here at North Central University. I believe that God wants to do something not just in this institution, but in you. In our preview guests, God wants to do something in you. In you. Come on, can you lift up your hands in this moment? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you are doing in this place. Father, we pray that you would continue to do something, that you would continue to move among your people. Lord, as we lift up our hands and as we lift up our voice, Father, we pray that you would move among the people. Father, that you would inhabit our praises. Come on, lift up your voice unto the Lord. Don't worry about who's on your left. Don't worry about who's on your right. Come on, don't worry about your social circles. Don't worry about any of that. It's you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord. Come on, put the title aside. Put the status aside. Put your background aside. Come on, worship worship. Enter into that worship place. Come on. Come on, pray. Come on, open up yourselves. Open up yourselves to what God wants to do. Open up yourselves to the desire that he wants to work in you. Come on, come on. Come on. This shouldn't be a quiet place. This should be a loud place. Come on, lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need you, God. We need you, God. Oh, come on. If you don't know what to say, just sing out your praise to the Lord. Worship him in spirit and in truth with a sincere heart. If you don't know what to give, just say, God, here's all of me. Here's all of me. Oh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in this place. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in this place. Father, we pray that you continue to move, that you continue to break what needs to be broken, to adjust what needs to be adjusted, to adapt what needs to be adapted. Lord, we pray that you would give us your desires, that you would give us your strength. Father, that when we feel weak, Lord, that you would be made strong in us. Father, that we would follow you no matter what, no matter what. Father, we pray that you would give clarity, that you would give guidance, that you would give wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know some of you are hitting that point where you're like, I feel tired, JT. I feel tired. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Come on, allow that Holy Spirit to speak into your ear, to speak into your heart. Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to say. He'll tell you what you need to do. For some of you, it's to raise your hands. For some of you, it may be to place, uh, to pace. For some of you, it may be to lay on the floor, prostrate. For some of you, it may be to worship, to pray. Whatever it is the Lord wants you to do, let's do it. Let's do it. We need you, God. We need you, God. Oh.